If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. Hi, I'm Jeffrey. Welcome back to Nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Before we begin, I'd like to thank those of you who have left a review. I would like to share one with you that particularly made me smile. From Obe Nicole, who wrote that listening to the podcast is sometimes her very favourite part of the whole day. That's so great to hear. Thank you. Tonight, join me beside the fire as we follow Lawrence Hargreaves' journey along the NC500. As he cycles across the stunning coastal roads and countryside of Scotland, we'll hear of the lush green grass and rolling hilltops that almost tumble into the ocean as they give way to the vast expanse of the North Sea. Stories of Scotland's rugged, natural beauty will always be of comfort to me. And Lawrence's adventure in particular reminds me of my childhood, cycling across similar hilltops with my friends in tow. Before we set off on our journey tonight, Let's take a moment to wind down. Come to a comfortable position and allow your eyes to gently drift closed. As you lie there relaxing, take a moment to breathe, to simply be. There is nothing to do and 
no one to disturb you. This time is yours, and yours alone. Draw deep breath in through your nose, and exhale. Releasing that breath on a long, lazy sigh of relief. With each breath, feel yourself letting go of the things that burden you in the daylight hours. Breathing in through your nose, hold it for a moment and exhale. As you let go of any sense of responsibility for the things and people in your life, inhaling, hold it for a moment and exhale. Releasing any physical or emotional tension still lingering in your body. Breathe in and exhale, sighing out in relief as you release the happenings and hurts of the day and let go of anything that didn't quite go your way. Simply lie there relaxing as the gentle cycle of your breath washes away the day. Inhale and exhale. Know that it is no mean feat to clear the thoughts that turn in your mind as rapidly as the wheels of a bicycle. And should the occasional intrusive thought drift through your mind tonight, that's okay. There's truly no right or wrong way to relax. Simply remind yourself that you're in a safe place, physically and mentally and focus your attention back on the sound of my voice. Now, if you're feeling ready, our journey can begin. Day seven, and Lawrence Hargreaves was about to embark on the next stretch of the North Coast 500 cycling route or, as it was more commonly known amongst cycling enthusiasts, the NC500. At 516 miles, it was one of the more challenging journeys on Lawrence's list of cycling adventures. But it was proving to be one of the most rewarding ones. The course wound around the northern highlands of Scotland, and provided many spectacular coastal views, including magnificent mountains, sparkling lochs, and hills blanketed in purple heather. Lawrence had started his journey in the city of Inverness and had ridden through the towns of Applecross, Gerloch, and Ullapool. He'd gone by many castles, standing proud on top of hills, and whiskey distilleries, invitingly nestled in lush valleys. One of his proudest achievements on his journey so far had been to bag a Monroe, 
which was another way of saying he'd cycled up and over a hill that was more than 3,000 feet high. The expression had been named after Sir Hugh Munro, who was a famous mountaineer. According to the keen tourist guide Lawrence had met in Inverness, Day seven of the route would take Lawrence from the town of Darnes to John O'Groats, a highland village on the northeastern point of Great Britain. Because of its position, and depending on the time of year, it was sometimes possible to see the northern lights from John O'Groats. Lawrence was an optimistic fellow, and the thought of seeing the lights rested hopefully in his heart. Lawrence placed his helmet on his head and climbed onto his cycle. The road ahead welcomed him onwards. He had a couple of short detours to make and the first one included a stop at a nearby craft village. His landlord of the previous night had told him about it and advised it was well worth a visit, even if just for the amazing hot chocolate at one of the cafes there. Lawrence reckoned a mug of hot chocolate was exactly what he needed before his day of cycling, which would be around 90 miles. He turned in the direction of the craft village and rode along the smooth road. The North Sea had been his constant companion for most of his NC500 adventure. And as he glanced towards it now, he saw the undulating water it looked bluer than ever. Not a single cloud was visible in the sky. Lawrence knew the weather in Scotland was unpredictable and the grey clouds could roll across the sky at any moment. He packed a variety of clothing and hoped he was prepared for any kind of weather. The craft village of Balnakeel soon came into view. The sun shone brightly on the single-storey buildings and Lawrence felt a warm breeze wrap around him, bringing a tang of the salty sea air with it. The village had been converted from an army base in the 1970s, and now contained an eclectic mix of shops set up by local artists and business people. Lawrence rode into the village and parked up his bicycle, He strolled along the row of whitewashed buildings which nestled against a backdrop of rising hills. Signs outside the properties showcased a variety of products on offer, including ceramics, pottery, silks and paintings. There was a bookshop, a restaurant and an art gallery too. Lawrence soon arrived at the cafe, which specialised in hot chocolate. 
He took a seat inside and ordered himself a mug. Within minutes, a steaming drink was brought to his table. So full was the mug that a trickle of dark chocolate was running down the outside of it and into the saucer below. Lawrence picked up the spoon which came with the drink and scooped some of the melted concoction into his mouth. It was utterly delicious. Lawrence took his time over his drink and thought about the day ahead. There were roads to ride, hills to climb, and valleys to experience. He looked towards the window, and so far, the weather was being kind to him. He smiled. He'd enjoyed every moment of the NC500 so far, and he knew today was going to be wonderful too. He finished his hot chocolate and settled the bill, and returned to his bike. He climbed onto it and looked at the open road ahead of him. The sound of the sea washing upon the shore was melodic and soothing. Lawrence put his foot on the pedal and pushed off. He joined the main road and was soon on his way. Through the town of Darnes he went, with the sea on his left-hand side. He waved to other cyclists who were getting ready to embark on their journeys. A handful of grey stone buildings lined the side of the road, some of them residential and others of a business nature. A small coach pulled up in the car park and smiling tourists disembarked, ready to explore the picturesque coastal town. The road beneath his bicycle was smooth and the constant motion of his feet on the pedals was a relaxing one. The sun was still casting its welcome warmth over him. He slowed down as he rode closer to a couple of ramblers. As he went by, they raised their walking sticks in greeting and called out cheery hellos. The road continued straight and level for a while. Buildings began to thin out and were replaced with a scattering of farms. Yellow tractors stood silently in yards, waiting to be used. A black and white dog rested on the stone doorstep of a farmhouse. His attention on a nearby field and the sheep who were grazing there. Low stone walls lined the road. Tall telegraph poles rose from a patchwork of fields, each one linked to the other by swooping wires. A trio of birds was perched on the wire, 
and Lawrence caught the faint sound of their morning chorus. Lawrence cycled a little further, before making a detour to another attraction he wanted to visit. He arrived at the delightfully named Smoo Cave. After securing his bicycle, Lawrence followed other visitors along the path to the spectacular cave formation. The huge cave had been sculpted both by the sea and also an underground stream, the latter of which had created a series of inner chambers. An impressive waterfall flowed over layers of rock and into a crystal clear stream below. During his research on the cave, Lawrence had discovered its name had come from the Norse word meaning hiding place. With his fellow visitors, Lawrence stayed a while at Smoo Cave and explored the intricate beauty of the magnificent area which had been created over the years by the unseen hands of nature. It was a spectacle to behold, an air of peace and tranquility settled over Lawrence as he took in the beauty of the cave. After a while, he returned to his bicycle and carried on his journey. On the horizon, he saw rising hills and spotted a wisp of cloud wreathed around the tallest hill. The rest of the sky remained pale blue and cloud-free. He cycled past a beach. A row of caravans was lined up on a sloping field at the side of the golden sand, and tents were pitched further along the grass. The road turned inwards and away from the coast. The music of the waves faded to a distant echo. The road began to rise steadily, and Lawrence changed gears to accommodate the changing gradient. Upwards and onwards he went. Trees and low bushes appeared at the side of the road. Hints of pine and wildflowers scented the air. Ever upwards he cycled, enjoying the motion of his feet on the pedals and the wind flowing over him. He reached the summit of the small hill and was met with a new vista. Majestic mountains lay ahead, capped in glistening snow. Pale grey clouds drifted across the sky. A knowing smile settled on Lawrence's face. Over the last week, he had become familiar with the language of the clouds and what certain ones meant when they appeared. He knew the ones ahead could pass by without incident, or they could gather and darken 
until they produced a swift shower of rain. He cycled on, keeping one eye on the clouds. He had a feeling there would be a spot of rain shortly. He was soon proved right. More grey clouds appeared and moved towards each other until they formed a light blanket that covered the sun. Lawrence stopped cycling and reached into his backpack. He pulled on a waterproof covering that had been recommended to him by helpful cyclists he'd met on day one of his journey. The protective cover was soon in place over him and he carried on cycling. The rain began. It was a light shower and after the warmth of the day it was a refreshing one. Raindrops pitter-pattered softly on Lawrence's protective layer. He stayed completely dry as he continued along the road. Warm rain fell gently all around him. Within minutes, the rain shower ceased, and the sun came out from behind a cloud. As though knowing their work was complete, the grey clouds moved swiftly across the sky and out of view. Lawrence continued along the road. Patches of purple heather lay over the rising hills. Birds swooped and dipped through the air. A couple of highland cattle grazed in a field and regarded Lawrence with little interest as he passed by. More farms came into view, their white stone walls and grey slated roofs matching the surrounding landscape of wild daisies and stone walls. The miles sped wonderfully by, and so did the time. Morning turned into afternoon. Feeling a slight rumble in his stomach, Lawrence headed towards a cafe and parked his bike next to a line of other cycles. Once inside the cosy-looking building, he noticed a familiar face and raised his hand in greeting. Ben, the man he knew from previous cycling trips, broke into a huge smile when he saw Lawrence and invited him over to join him for lunch. Lawrence greeted his cycling friend warmly and took a seat. After a quick look at the menu, gave his order to a smiling waiter, and then asked Ben where his travels had taken him recently. Over a cup of steaming tea, Ben told Lawrence about his latest cycling trips, which included the famous Friendship Highway in China and the Shimanami Kaido in Japan. 
Lawrence laughed lightly and said he'd also completed the cycling route in Japan. They fell into a conversation about the Japanese journey and what they had discovered along the way. They'd all been all over the world on their bikes and had seen all types of beautiful landscapes. But they agreed that this was one of the most wonderful. They couldn't quite put their fingers on why. Maybe it was thanks to that Scottish Highland magic which hung in the air. As was the case with most cyclists who had ridden along the NC500, their talk turned to the changeable weather. Ben shook his head and said he'd never experienced anything like it before. The clouds seemed to appear magically out of nowhere, and before you knew it, you were in the middle of a downpour. Lawrence nodded in agreement. Lawrence's lunch arrived, and he chatted some more with his friend. Ben explained that he was travelling in the opposite direction to Lawrence, and had already witnessed the beauty of John O'Groats. With a whimsical smile, Lawrence confessed he was hoping to see the Northern Lights by the end of the day. Ben gave him a wry smile and said, perhaps he would. Scotland held a mystical air about it. It seemed to be a place where anything could happen. They bid each other goodbye and Ben left the cafe. From inside the cafe, Lawrence watched his friend ride away. Cycling along the beautiful roads of the world was a wonderful experience. But making friends along the way was the best part of any journey. When Lawrence left the cafe a short while later, he sensed a change in the atmosphere. The clouds had rolled in again, but there was a light tinge along the lower part of them, which suggested that rain wouldn't fall any time soon. He climbed onto his bike and looked upwards again. Of course, it could be very much mistaken, and the rain shower could be upon him within minutes. Lawrence rode off along the road and followed the signs for the NC500. Once more, the road was smooth beneath his wheels and his feet were sure and steady on the pedals. Contentment and calm filled him. Tall mountains appeared in the distance, and he saw the route ahead winding around the nearest one, like a pale grey ribbon. Lawrence increased his pace, and was soon climbing the mountain at a decent speed. He cycled around a bend and came upon a low-lying mist. Slowing right down, 
he went through the light covering. He felt the soft moisture of water droplets on his cheeks. Once through the haze, he carried on climbing the hill and cycled through more low-lying mist on the way. When he reached the top of the mountain, Lawrence spotted a viewing point and cycled towards it. He noticed people standing completely still as they looked out at the landscape in front of them. Curiosity got the better of him and he rode over to the group. He stopped next to them and was about to ask what they were looking at but he caught sight of the scene they were gazing upon and his words melted on his lips. A pale silver blanket of clouds stretched out before him. Only the peaks of snow-capped mountains were visible and the rest of the earth was out of sight. The clouds drifted and flowed smoothly around the mountain tops. He'd never been above the clouds before. All thoughts left his mind, and he looked in wonder at the peaceful panorama. Lawrence heard someone say it looked like they were in another world. A world full of magic and enchantment. He silently agreed. Slowly, the clouds began to dissipate and the green landscape below was gradually revealed. Lawrence shared a smile with the others before returning to the road and continuing on his way. The sky was a clear blue again and the sun was shining brightly. The road took him near to the coastline again and he went past more beaches and coves. Boats and ships sailed across the blue horizon. Families and friends played games on the sand. The occasional laugh of a joyful child got caught in the wind and drifted towards Lawrence, making him smile. He continued on his way and passed a white lighthouse that stood proudly on a cliff. He paused to look at the lighthouse and imagined living in its roof, spending his evenings casting light across the ocean and guiding ships into shore. What a peaceful thought. carried along the hill. More farms graced the side of the road. Beautiful loch came into view, its water shimmering in the dancing rays of the sun. The road wasn't busy, but Lawrence saw an interesting mix of travellers on the way. There were cyclists on a variety of bikes, Many of them waved at Lawrence. 
walkers with full backpacks and maps in their hands. Camper vans that were covered in stickers from cities around the world. Cars pulling into cafes and restaurants. And the clouds that kept appearing and disappearing, as if playing a game of hide-and-seek with Lawrence. Onwards he went, feeling the relaxing sensation of his feet on the pedals and hearing the soothing melody of his tires on the road. A few more hills were climbed and he had another stop at a cafe for a drink and a bite to eat. He rode on and before too long he saw a sign for John O'Groats. Knowing he was getting closer to his destination, Lawrence slowed his pace so he could savour the last few miles of day seven of his journey. Along the road he went, passing by single-tracked roads that led to farms and fluffy sheep grazing on the soft grass. The sky grew darker and the sun headed towards the horizon. Lawrence's feet were steady and sure on the pedals and the road smooth beneath his wheels. The setting sun cast an orange glow on the whitewashed houses. Lights were switched on inside homes and curtains drawn for the night. Swathes of indigo and violet washed across the sky and the bright star twinkled into view. Onwards, Lawrence rode, his destination getting closer. He went past the hotel where he'd be staying for the night. He saw a sign confirming John O'Groats was less than three quarters of a mile away. Streetlights lit his way. He finally arrived at the small highland village of John O'Groats and made his way to the car park. He dismounted his cycle and secured it. After a few long, satisfying stretches, Lawrence walked along the path to the famous white, wooden sign which had been photographed thousands of times by visitors over the years. The arms of the sign pointed in different directions. New York lay 3,951 miles away in one direction, and London was 683 miles in another. A group of visitors were standing next to the sign, and gave Lawrence a nod of welcome. He gazed at the vast expanse of sea ahead of him. It had turned as dark as the night sky. He saw ships bobbing on the horizon, and wondered if they were heading towards Norway to the right, or perhaps Iceland to the left. 
He felt like he was truly at the edge of the world, looking out over the water. It was a very satisfying thought. He took some deep, relaxing breaths, in and out. In and out. A slight commotion made Lawrence look away from the sea. He saw a man nearby pointing to something in the sky. Lawrence looked at where the man had his attention. Sheets of dancing green and purple lights moved silently across the sky. The colours weaved back and forth, as though dancing to a silent song. The Northern Lights. Lawrence became spellbound by the beautiful sight of the changing colours. He stood enraptured as he watched the colourful show unfold before him. His cycling trip along the NC500 had been one of mountains, castles and the ever-changing weather. Most of all, it had been a journey of magic. The magic of Scotland. And it still wasn't over. Another day of adventure awaited him the next day. But for now, he was content to watch the enchanting sight of the Northern Lights as they danced over the Scottish Highlands. After a long, blissful while watching the lights, Lawrence's eyes grew heavy. The lights seemed to do a few final swoops across the sky, bidding him good night. Then, they faded away, leaving the sky illuminated by its usual white, twinkling stars and the smudgy twirl of the Milky Way. It was time to find rest for the night. Lawrence hopped back on his bike to cycle the short distance to the guest house. It stood all alone on a cliff face, looking out over the dark expanse of sea. He arrived and parked his bicycle, guided in by the house's glowing gold lanterns. The door twinkled as he opened it, and he looked up to see a shining silver bell hanging overhead. A kind-looking gentleman popped up from behind the antique desk. The wall behind the man was hung with old brass keys on little hooks, one of which would open Lawrence's little room for the night. The gentleman at the desk smiled at him and welcomed him in. He wore a twill woolen jumper and smart tweed trousers. Approaching the desk, Lawrence saw a shaggy golden retriever snoozing at the man's feet. 
big dog looked up at him curiously as he said hello and stood up so that Lawrence could reach over and ruffle his ears. The gentleman asked him about his journey. Lawrence said that it was magical. Their eyes twinkled as they chatted about the track, telling Lawrence that many cyclists had been coming through recently, but not many were fortunate enough to see the Northern Lights. Lawrence agreed that he had been lucky. The man selected a key with a red velvet tag and led Lawrence on a tour around the guest house. There was a little reading room with a comfy armchair and a bookcase of worn and crinkled books. There was a kitchen with a collection of antique teapots and assorted plates and cups. there was a lounge with squishy sofas and a roaring fire. The little bar cart, a chessboard, and a stack of tartan blankets to cuddle up into. There were old oil paintings and faded photographs in frames on the wall. It was all very cosy. Finally, The gentleman showed Lawrence to his room. It was a small, warm room with little windows that looked out to the dark sea. Stars twinkled through the lace curtains. There was a big bed covered in squishy blankets with freshly starched sheets and eight white pillows. Lawrence felt pulled to the bed but he resisted jumping in and falling asleep. He thanked the man and arranged his belongings before washing and changing into clean clothes. Lawrence returned to the kitchen and prepared a steaming pot of herbal tea and two thick slices of buttery toast, settling himself in an armchair to eat his supper. He enjoyed the quiet traditions of this quaint guest house, the northernmost tip of the country, and wanted a moment to bask in its warmth. It was so nice to know that he had brought himself all of the way here, through the steady determination of his feet on the pedals, and his desire to see what lay around every corner. After a short while, with his eyes beginning to close, all on their own accord, Lawrence padded back up the stairs to his room. He dressed himself in his warm, soft pyjamas, brushed his teeth, washed his face, and slipped between the luxurious soft sheets. As Lawrence drifted off, he thought about everything the next day had to offer. 
He thought of waking up to a hot, home-cooked breakfast and filling his tummy before putting his helmet on and cycling ahead along the beautifully remote roads of the NC500.